0: You are listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, where it's all about responding with confidence to the legal, financial, and personal challenges created by disability, unexpected illness, or aging in general. Join us weekly as elder law attorneys Barbara McGinnis and Chris Johnson, along with other members of the Tecus McGinnis Elder Care Law Team, talk about the tools, techniques, strategies, and services that will make the elder care journey easier for everyone involved. Get ready because aging starts now.
1: Hi, and welcome to another episode of Aging Starts Now. My name is Dana Henschel, and I'm the Outreach Coordinator for Tagus McGinnis Elder Care Law. It's a new year, and for many, it is a time of resolutions and goals. And one of those goals may be to get your estate planning docs in order. Uh, we will be talking about all the things you need to consider with partner and certified elder law attorney Barbara McGinnis. Hi, Barbara. Hey, Dana. So, what are the must have bare bone documents that everyone needs?
2: Well, that's a good question. I am personally of the opinion that every adult needs at least a durable general power of attorney. That's for the the financials. Things in part of our adult lives and a healthcare power of attorney. Once you have children or other um, things that you really want to protect in your life, uh, you need a will, right? So, part of the reason a will is related to children is that's the way that you can identify your uh, proposed guardian for your child if you die while they're still a minor. So that's how a will relates to having children. Very, very important document. Of course, your, um, your pr- primary candidate on that is going to be your uh, the surviving parent. But if there were an extreme tragedy and you had both parents uh, passed away when there were still minor children in the family, you would want those documents to name the um, your suggested or your preferred guardian. Uh, a will also helps identify assets and where you want those assets to go at your passing. So that implies that you have to have some assets. a house with some equity in it, bank account, something that uh, of value that you want to pass along. Barebone documents, healthcare power of attorney, durable general power of attorney, and perhaps a will?
1: So for, for us, of course, we, we deal with the senior population, but if you're thinking about young children and naming a guardian, um, would a trust be best because you're trying to maybe, if, if both parents were to pass, uh, because you're wanting to protect money for the benefit of your child?
2: Yeah, truly, you might need both uh, in that circumstance, a will to name your uh, preferred guardian and a trust for assets that you're going to leave to care for those children.
1: So, and of course, in our line of work, I think you um, and Chris often will do both a will and a trust. So are are both those documents necessary or why why would you do both? So good
2: question, but it depends a little bit on the the circumstances, of course. If we're doing a revocable trust for, for someone, and, and the point of the revocable trust is most likely probate avoidance, the type of will that we would draft at that point in time is, a, is what we call a pour-over will, a will that's designed to, this is the way I describe it to clients all the time, it's designed to scoop up dangling assets, assets that didn't get titled to the trust, uh, to scoop that up and pour it over into the trust. But it does require the probate process. Probate and will, they always go together. If we're going to have a will, it's designed to be probated. Now, a totally different scenario that would still get you both documents would be if we had a pour over trust into the estate of the first spouse to pass away. And that's that's a a little more nuanced plan that we're uh, planning for. We don't know who's going to die first. We know somebody will die first and the surviving spouse has a high degree of likelihood of needing asset protection through a testamentary supplemental needs trust. That's a mouthful, but those scenarios come up every week.
1: So let's say that I have my durable power of attorney. I have my health care uh, power of attorney documents. I have a trust. I have a will. I, I mean, I'm a planner, so I did all of those 15, 20 years ago. Am I good? <gasps> Maybe. <laughs>
2: uh, you're probably ahead of the curve anyway, at least that you have documents. We've had people come into the office in their 80s and 90s and go, yeah, I finally th- thought it was about time to put some documents in place. Uh, documents need to be reviewed on a, on a fairly regular basis. And here's how I usually... Um, Advise people about, let's just do a review. I think you should do a review of your documents if there's uh, a divorce, a death, a diagnosis. Some diagnoses are more significant than others in terms of being life-changing or life-shortening types of diagnosis, a dementia diagnosis, uh, Parkinson's, ALS. There are just some diagnoses that you you kind of know what the trajectory is going to be and you need to um, act quickly about a good preparation. Then let's just say you have a perfectly quote-unquote normal life. No big life changes. There's not been... Uh, any of those things I've mentioned, I would recommend that you still have them reviewed about every decade, about every 10 years or so. Have your documents to review because even if there's not been significant changes in your life, there may have been significant changes in, let's say, the tax world and you would require some changes to your trust.
1: Okay, so should... I just get them out and read them, or should I make an appointment with an attorney?
2: Well, I think you know what I'll say, that uh, you may not be aware of what needs to be changed if there are significant life changes or if there are law changes. So certainly have an estate planning attorney review. and It's not just those documents, right? There could be other things that you need to think about, like beneficiary designations on your life insurance or on your um, qualified accounts, talking about umbrella coverage or long-term care insurance. There's lots that really go into your estate plan um, more than just the uh, those bare-bone documents you were talking
1: about, like powers of attorney and
2: wills and trust.
1: Right. And I guess what I'm hearing is that those are not a one and done event, unfortunately. unfortunately. And what you need in your 20s will be different than what you need in your 40s when your kids are grown. And then what you need in your 80s or 70s is going to be different than what you need in your 40s. Is that what I'm hearing? It is. And
2: it's really all about what what phase of life are you in is going, your goals are going to be different. Um, You know, when you're in your twenties, you're starting out your life, you're starting out your professional career and maybe starting your family. And you, it's not uncommon that you do not have high net worth at that point in time. But as, as you age, there's going to be life changes. So, so, Different goals throughout your life may mean that your estate plan needs to change along with that.
1: Well, since I need to change these so often—well, op- not so often—but it's not a one-and-done thing. Can I just go online and make adjustments, like with the forms? I'm, I mean, aren't there POA forms and such? Or, you know, there that? are uh,
2: there are some forms online, um, like. Um, the Tennessee State Advanced Care Plan. You can can download that from the internet, and that is certainly better than not having one at all. There are some decent documents that you can get off of um, online sites like I don't know Rocket Law or whatever. I don't. I don't remember all the names of them. I've seen some good ones. I've also seen some really, really bad ones. And sometimes I think the good ones, folks, have kind of just lucked into, not necessarily because they really know so much about what they're downloading, but they just happen to have accidentally picked wisely. Um, you know, I think it's important enough. It's one of those things that you probably really should have expert guidance on. Have a professional do it. I, I might be able to look into—I don't know—fixing the electric a light switch at my house that's burned out. But I'm also likely to electrocute myself, you know, if I don't <laughs> do it right. You just need to get a, a person that is—that's their area of expertise—to help you.
1: Right. I tell that my husband that all the time. Like, I don't want you to burn down our house by saving a few extra bucks trying to do it. Yeah,
2: trying to save $100 by not wanting to call the electrician to come out.
1: Mm-hmm. And so do I need to let the people I've chosen to be my executor or my trustee or my attorney, in fact, do I need to let them know or talk about this with them beforehand? Or can I just do it? <laughs> Uh,
2: you can just do it, but you shouldn't just do it. You should indeed uh, talk with these people, make sure they're willing and able to serve, that they're in a place where they can take that on. And um, and then you not only do you get their permission, so to speak, but tell them where to find the documents when they need them. They may uh, or tell them what how you want them to act for you, not just what they have the authority to do. So you really should have some pretty serious conversations with these folks.
1: Okay, I think that's really great advice. And then where do I keep them what, once they're done? Do I keep them in the lockbox at the bank or, or what do I do with them?
2: Some people like the idea of using a lockbox at the bank. That's not what I would recommend. I would recommend just a safe place in your home. Uh, you can have a if you can have a fire retardant um, case of some sort. You know, there's a gun safes are a good choice of keeping one in the gun safe. I've just got mine in my desk drawer at the house. Um, you know, yes. When we have natural disasters like the recent tornado here, people think about, well, they can blow away. Well, they can, but um, the risk of having them in the lockbox is very likely that when you need to use those power of attorney documents, the bank's going to be closed and not you're not going to be able to to get to them. Now, one of the things that's true in in our lives now is that there's so many more, it's it's more easily available to store and retrieve documents in online portals. So much like the, the Take Us McGinnis app that we have, you can actually have your power of attorney stored securely on your smartphone. And a copy works as well as the original. The one that you really want to keep track of your original document for is your will, because if not that, it's likely that the judge would assume that you've destroyed your original. So, they don't really like probating copies.
1: Okay. So, who do I need to tell where these documents are? So, if I have copies in my desk drawers, do I need to like share copies with my attorney in fact?
2: Um, you can. I'd say it kind of depends on on who that person is. A lot of times, uh, you know, it's it's really going to be your spouse or your children. Tell them where it is, and if there's a high likelihood you're going to need them to act uh, soon,
1: then give
2: them a copy.
1: Well, I think all of this is really great advice, especially for people as, you know, they're working towards their 2024 goals. Um, so is there any other parting advice that you would give our listeners today?
2: I'd say it's one of, uh, it's, you've put it off long enough. It's one of those things, just let's just do it and get started
1: and not, you um, wait until you need it, it's going to be too late. Right. You have more options when you start planning early, and it's a lot more cost effective when you start planning prior to the crisis as well. So, well, if you want to get started... I know a great law firm to call. <laughs> <laughs> and that is it for today's episode. Take us McGinnis Elder Care Law is a life care planning law firm helping families respond to the legal and financial challenges caused by chronic illness or disability of an elderly loved one. Join us next week for another episode of Aging Starts Now.